0: Folks, and welcome to the boiler room. This is Burning for Springwood, a Freddy's Nightmares retrospective. This wasn't my entire idea, so let me get you to introduce you to the folks that are on the cast today and for always. Mike Merriman is here. How you doing, sir?
1: I'm ready. I'm ready to enter prime time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is uh, this is an idea that's been a long time in the making, and I'm glad we're we're finally getting to it.
0: Well, I had a move involved, and you know, I the 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 Blu-ray, my very bootleg Blu-ray set was tucked away somewhere, and many boxes of physical media that I own. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I'm sorry. Uh,
1: yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I've seen this this set on uh, on bootlegs at lots of conventions, and I've always passed up on getting it. But now with this show, I'm like, you know, I might have to just uh, bite the bullet and even and get the series even though it's probably just like old crappy vhs rips
0: well the, <laughs> the ones i have are the the rips from chiller which in which the sound mm. is really good but the picture quality is, is still 480p still it's still sd so they, they, oh, they the look qualities. they look decent but you, you could watch them but they're much they're much better than the crappy uh 14th generation vhs rips that they used to be on those dvds I've, yeah i've had that set that set looks like shit Good, so yeah, okay.
1: it, it's, it, it doesn't look very good at all, honestly. And that's kind of the other reason I've been holding out because, I mean, I, I know Freddy's Nightmares is not as popular as the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. But you would think just for the fact that it's Freddy, there's going to be some type of market out there for them to release a better quality set, even if it's just standard DVD, you know?
0: Well, the masses are either destroyed or they're sitting in the Warner Vault somewhere because Warner owns mm. the syndication rights to the show. So I'd imagine those those masses are either destroyed or in their vault somewhere. Yeah, I would probably agree with all that. <laughs> but uh Suzanne is here for from, from many shows that I'm on. How you doing, Suzanne? I'm doing
2: quite well this Saturday afternoon after I spent a hundred dollars in beer.
0: Yay. Nice. Yeah, beer is good if it tastes good and uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have done it, but it's Saturday and I was unsupervised.
0: Don't don't drink too many. You might fall asleep though, and mediocre stuff might start happening to you. And, <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting early in on these shows, and I'm sorry I shouldn't do that. It's more of the second episode than the first episode, though, folks. But uh, but I uh, am yeah, here today, uh, in the afternoon, definitely in the afternoon for Mike because he's two hours behind us to do do the first two episodes of Freddy's Nightmares. Um, yeah, they're, they're they're okay, but um. This is a show that came about in 1989 by by the Lorimar company to to put it on television uh, in association with New Line because Bob Shea's name is all over this and Gil Adler's name's all over this and Al because they those are the guys that did Tales of the Crypt a much superior anthology show like I want to say like a year later it, it mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't much after this and um, so yeah some top line. Directors of the time, the very first episode was directed by Toby Hooper, we'll get into that, I'm um, sure. But um, some, some, some directors of the time were directing these, and I think they had like, one writer, for sure, doing most of these episodes. We'll, <laughs> we'll get into that, too. But um, no big introduction for this one, no no big... Like uh, maybe Some other segments may come later, but uh, we're going to dive right into the first episode... And uh, of course, is introduced by Freddy uh, as as the burnt face man to say, you know, this is how it all went down, shit like that. In an episode entitled "No More Mr. Nice Guy," which is essentially that origin story that you never saw in any film until now, and mm-hmm. people suck his dick, and that's 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 okay if they do that, and uh, I I I don't I, I see the love, I don't see the love. You know, for, for the pilot being as loved as it is, because it's really a contradictory mess in, in certain parts of it. Basically, it t- tells the story of the Lieutenant Blocker, who's the guy that put Freddy away, but didn't read of his proper Miranda rights, which is the dumbest thing ever. And this is why he gets out of his, his hot box, I guess, because he's they're in court and he's inside like this glass house with metal. Yeah. With the leg irons and the arm irons on, and he gets free and then stuff happens. Like, like you know, it's gonna happen. He parents get together. Only it's not like they show in like Freddy's there where they're all they get in his house and yada yada yada. They corner him in a power plant, you know, like much in like the second movie, and they torch him on fire. And of course, he comes back again and uh, haunts our lieutenant Blocker and his family. And of course, the the daughter that got away that his supposed his. his the last victim before he got put away. He's gotta finish that cycle. He doesn't quite do it in this episode. But I'm gonna ask Mike, what do you thought of the pilot for this? No more Mr. Nice Guy. What do you think, sir?
1: Well, here's the thing about the pilot. Um this entire episode is basically based on what about a paragraph, a dialogue from the original movie? Because if you remember the original Nightmare on Elm Street, the mom Is explaining to Nancy like who Freddie was and like how how it came about, and I believe she said, I think one key difference is like she said someone filed paperwork wrong or something, and that's why he got off. Not that he didn't get his Miranda rights read, but maybe for the episode itself, they thought it would be more cut and dry if they just straight up made the issue the Miranda rights thing. Which I don't know if that would make you get off of a trial. I don't know. I mean. I know there's been Miranda rights in the past, but, you know, we're not going to, I guess, overanalyze the legality of everything. But that's just what they went with in the TV show. So, I mean, that's about what you get from this. It's it's like I said, it's basically based off that the full episode. I happen. I mean, I like the origin story. Now, I don't think the episode's all that fantastic outside of the fact that I do think it's cool that we kind of get the origin itself i do like um robert england as an actor playing like just i guess fred as opposed to freddy krueger like i think well if if anything what this episode does is show me that that new line cinema really missed the boat on making a origin or a prequel movie because i think robert england comes off creepy as hell even Without the makeup just, you know, playing like a serial killer.
0: Well you only saw his um, mouth, Mike. It's all you saw in the episode pretty much of, of the Robert England. Yeah,
2: and, yeah. And his blonde bald spot. Yeah, too, yes.
0: <laughs> yep. He's been but bald, I mean he's I, been bald since I, the seventies, those two. Come <laughs> on now. <laughs> yeah. I mean I
1: I I think the story is more interesting. It has more potential than this episode actually showed us, but I still appreciate it because i uh, there was a void that well, i guess was filled by this because there was no origin story otherwise that was actually filmed besides the little snippet like you said we get in freddy's dead but yeah i mean it was still pretty cheesy <laughs> like um and i i grew up with this with this series it aired here on saturday nights with like tales from the dark side of monsters so they do like a an hour or two-hour block of all the shows together, so I hadn't seen this since I was a kid, um, and I don't remember a lot of episodes. I this is the one I happen to remember, and I think because I think there's only a total of two or three episodes where like Freddy's actually in it as I opposed think, to just yeah, the according whole.
0: According to the, to the lore of the, of the of the series, they said eight episodes he's featured as actually part of the episode. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, that shows how little I remember, That's but okay.
1: um, it's only because I
0: read it. The only reason why I know so.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I guess those are my general thoughts before we get into a deeper. <laughs> All right,
2: Sue. So. You know, it's I don't dislike this episode, and I've pretty much I agree with just about everything that Mike said about you know desperately needing some kind of origin story because even watching this, I, I I've watched a lot of the episodes it, when I was. I had, was in high school, and I had just graduated high school when this was on. But it bounced from channel to channel, so there was really no specific time. No,
3: there was. Sometimes,
2: yeah. I mean, it would just it would be <laughs> on one channel at eleven o'clock one night, and three weeks later, nine o'clock on Sunday night on something else. So, I mean, when it was on, it, it when it was on, it, it just. I never could catch all the episodes because it was just it's just bounced so much.
0: I want to say that like WGN was my source, but I'm not. Sure. Maybe it was like um, WPWR, which is the CW here now. I think was my source back in the day. Ch- channel fifty, um, channel fifty on your UHF dial.
2: <laughs> uh, mine it bounced around from channel eleven out of New York and. I think it was one of the first syndicated networks was TNT, back in you know you know early nineties. But I just I, I do appreciate the origin story. I mean I I if I'm I'm probably wrong, but I think it was you know they just executed the search wrong or something. I mean, like I said, it was actually a a paragraph from the original movie. But I just I don't think they did a terrible job here. And I'm, I'm also probably puffing it up a little bit. Cause I really, really liked Toby Hooper mm-hmm. who also just randomly off topic. I uh, directed the, the, uh, dancing with myself video by Billy Addle.
3: <laughs>
2: you sweat, <laughs> just, sweat, 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 <laughs> just a little bit of random, useless information for everybody. You never know when it might come up.
0: Hey, that's, that's fun.
2: <laughs> and I mean, I guess my, Biggest issue with this is the fact that the acting is just bad. That is the he's, only thing that I have, I have a hard time with. I mean, the courtroom scene—he's free, it's he's free,
0: mm-hmm. you know, shit like that. <laughs> it's very over it's, the top. It's 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 just stiff.
1: <clears throat> it's it's television. Yeah, it, it it's is. it's it's disappointing because a lot of these like cheaper anthology series you you tend to like usually like the better acting um tends to come at the beginning of the series because it's easier to get everyone on board at the beginning and then you usually see it slowly tail off as it goes like tales from the dark side for example most for for me most of the better episodes happen in the first two seasons Mm -hmm. so this one the fact that like you know i'm sure because in this, at the time the show came out, you know, Freddie was still huge. So you're thinking, okay, there's going to be a show. You know, they're going to go all out for, like, at least, you know, the first few episodes. And uh, watching it in retrospect now, you're like, god damn, they couldn't get better actors for this yeah, in, I mean, the, in the first episode?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I was, you know, watching. It was like, there's got to be somebody in here. I mean, it's, it's Freddie. And it was you know Freddie was huge through most you know the 80s and a lot of the 90s or at least the early 90s
0: i think that with tales from the dark side though that george and richard had like relationships with these actors you know through through time so they were able to get more i'm not going to say world-class actors but they had some pretty big actors on tales from the dark side of the time whereas this yeah from what i've seen have just been a lot of up-and-comers and comers Especially, we'll talk about that in the next episode. There's not a lot of up-and-comers in this episode, but in the next episode, you get two You get two up-and-comers that became something, well, one of them became something bigger than the, themselves, but, you know, we'll talk about that in the next episode. And, uh yeah, I think they had that advantage of Tales from the Dark Side so to get more high-caliber actors to really sell to some of the, the better episodes because Mike's done the whole goddamn thing. He could tell me that about 70% of them are garbage, you know? Mm, yeah.
2: <laughs> they they really are. But, I mean, it's it's kind of fun to go back and, you know, give a lot of them a rewatch.
1: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it fit, it's – it, I was going to say, it's still fun going back to visit them as a whole. It's just once you start grading them out individually, you're like, wow, there's way more bad ones than I remember.
0: <laughs> I mean, I could rewatch that one with Danny Aiello, where, where Tom Dulin <laughs> plays death in that episode, I can yeah. watch that one over and over again and still enjoy it.
2: Oh, that is one of my favorites.
1: Oh, boy. yeah. There's a, one of my favorite ones is the the old. I think it's the old lady or an old couple. They take in like this one girl and start like p- pampering her. her, making yeah. the stew out of her. That oh, one it's is so it's good.
2: A, the anniversary party.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, I'm, I'm
2: a huge, huge Tales from the Dark Side fan. Even the bad ones, I have some form of love
0: for. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. we got to get into some spoilers on this one, because I think it's 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 important. It has some tropes in here that, that I do love. Uh, the through line of why Freddy is after the, the guy, not only did he arrest him, and was unsuccessful at it, apparently, because he's a fucking idiot, the last victim that he, he had before he went inside was one of his... His creepy twin daughters, which I love that trope in any movie. We have creepy twins. And these ones are so deadpan that I, I can't help being in love with them. They're just those. So, they're so bad. They're so bad, but it's so good for that reason. And the one girl, of course, is days doing the one, two, Freddy's coming back for you, bullshit. You know, which is a, a trope that is our. This I think Dream Child has come out before this came out. Or is coming out around the time this came it's
1: out. It's got to be right around the same time.
0: So it's it's not like that that thing with the girl little girls speaking like that has not been established. It's been established all over the place. The fact that you have adults deadpan twins doing it is just hilarious to me.
2: Oh yeah, and then the one twin talking for the other
0: twin. Yes, <laughs> they probably have the. You own gotta- they probably have some secret, have- secret language there, Suzanne, you know?
2: Oh, I know. I was thinking that when I was watching it. I'm like, okay, creepy twins. One of them can't talk, so the other one can talk, because they have a secret language.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, you, you. Mm. Well, there's some. There's a decent kill here, but you don't see anything, because it's television. And I hear these are heavily edited for television. So I don't know if I watched the uncut episodes, or the, the cut episodes, because they were on Chiller. I don't, I don't know what, what I watched, but... There's a scene where a fat cop is eating fried chicken, and of course, oh, yeah. is, is, is dispatched by Freddy. That's kind of funny, you know, because you know fat guy eating and you know it, it gets killed. Yeah, that happens a yeah. lot in one horror films. I laugh every time it happens.
1: And yeah, you know. yeah, nothing like getting caught while you're eating.
0: Yeah. Caught in the toilet, caught while you're eating. It's it's all good tropes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Freddy vision for no reason while he's still a mortal person. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, this is what Freddy sees when he's a human being. I can see it once he's, like, become the dream demon, which I gotta say is the lamest part of the episode. And, uh... Because <laughs> the, the, the main problem I have with Freddy's Nightmares is, is, is this, that it should have been a half an hour, not, not an hour, because they, they meander towards the second act of these things. I agree. <laughs> and, in, in, in which, you know, Freddy is caught, Freddy is now a dream demon, and... The the this one doesn't do it so bad. The next the next one is really really bad with it. But um, he's caught, you know, and then of course this ends with uh, the lieutenant going to to to, to the dentist. Got to fix that. It'll be five minutes in and out. But it's not five minutes in and out because you get you get the funny Freddy, which has been established that He's this comedic character by now with yeah. lots of dental tools on his claw, and you know, yeah. But uh, there's. Any more spoilers anybody want to share that they, they, they loved about this episode? That's a uh, spoilerific.
1: Um, not not really spoilers, but I do agree. Most of these should probably be a half hour. <laughs> it, it would help the story to like trim yeah. out what not what's not needed.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping to get some interviews with some of the developers of this, but from what I hear from like the Never Sleep Again documentary and from like Mick Garris that. It wasn't a pleasant experience working on these, so I don't know how many interviews I'll be able to get to talk about Freddy's nightmares. It's just um, one of those things where it sounded like it was a grueling shooting schedule, and I think that the the, the scripts had a lot to do with it because they just went on way too long. And um, yeah, this there isn't really much to wrap up here. This just establishes that Freddy. This is how Freddy came about. And oh, I'm just uh, one other
2: little thing on the copy forward. that we have. So I was watching this last night in the dark with my dog and <laughs> right over the chiller logo is a very realistic spider. Fucking <laughs> screamed.
1: Oh, you thought, it, you thought it was a spider crawling on your TV?
2: Yes, I did.
0: <laughs> One thing I forgot to mention, and this this is not a not important thing, but a hilarious thing. You think Freddy would have like some kind of like dingy van that he would pick up these kids in? This is never established how he'd these kids, but he has an ice cream truck that, <laughs> he, that he used to pick up these kids. And they probably thought he was real cute in his sweater, like, hey, come on, yo, you want some soft-serve little girl? And, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it makes sense how you he, he would lure a kid, because no, no kid, if anybody has known this or seen the Eddie Murphy bit, can resist the sound of the ice cream truck. And <laughs> I, I, it was kind of perfect, especially the part where he's running back to the power plant, and he's like, we're going to ride again, or some shit like that, he says. <laughs> I forget the line, but, you know, it's... There's, there's not a lot of substance, but that that part of the episode, just that little random thing, is one of my favorite things about the pilot. Like, yeah, this is how he lured children with his ice cream truck, and you know what? It's not that implausible, because we're all gaga for the ice cream truck, especially at that age, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think even into adulthood, if, you, if you're if you inside your house and it's quiet enough, and, oh. and, and you'll hear that chime going off on the street, Every you know what it, it means.
0: Well, I live in a, a predominantly Mexican neighborhood, so the lotto man comes rolling by like mm, all yeah. summer long and that rolling cart. I was like, with the way. bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. Give me that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, 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 that well, man, too, man. I, I love living in this neighborhood. It's awesome. Yeah.
1: I I'm also kind of in a similar demographic area. So yeah, we get the Lotus man. We get the ice cream guy. They have, we have taco trucks all over the place. So man.
0: good eating. Thanks America. <laughs> You're awesome, yeah. you
2: know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I, I live in a completely different neighborhood that is it is very wonder Bread here.
0: I'm gonna send some Mexicans nice. over there and make you happy, okay, Suzanne? What to talk about? i got
2: there's a few and there's one that like lives across the street from me. I'm like, I got I cannot wait to invite this guy over for barbecues over the summer. It's
0: like let, let's bring some property values down. Let's put some dirty Mexicans in Suzanne's neighborhood, you know. <laughs> let's let's do it. No. But that's the, that's the, the the bits and bobs of this episode. Now we have a, a, a not a unique rating system, but uh, one that I made up. I think that works pretty well. And um, I'm scrolling up to find it right now because I'm a disorganized fuck. <laughs> Here we go. If it's a good episode, if it's a worthy episode, we say we call we we say we say to fuck the prime time bitch. If it's middle of the road, we say keep it in the boiler. If it's just awful, we take a cue from Dave Z's favorite Nightmare on Street film and call it a dog piss resurrection. We all know what that means, people. Dog-pissed, Freddy comes back. Lamest, <laughs> lamest uh, resurrection ever. Flaming piss resurrection. Flaming piss resurrection, we'll call it that. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll use that instead. So, Suzanne, I'll ask you first, what do you give it? Is it fuck the prime time, bitch? Keep it in the boiler or flaming piss resurrection?
2: I, if 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 you can take the right elements out of this and look at the episode, I, I really have to give it the fuck the prime time, bitch.
0: Yeah, as far as these go, yeah. Mike, what about you? You know, I'm
1: actually gonna say the same thing. Fuck the prime time, bitch. I think because because this episode, the source material. Well, one because the character of Freddie. Or Fred is in this one. It has kind of the familiar feeling, um, to the movies, uh, just because this, you know, the story itself in this episode wraps around him as opposed to, you know, most of the future episodes, he's just kind of popping in like the Crypt keeper (laughs) commercial breaks. Mm -hmm. And that, that, and those episodes, the stories are really going to be tested because you don't have Robert England or that character anchoring them. So, Um, and it's hard with the very first step is because you have nothing to judge it against yet. (laughs) So, (laughs) so that could be why, you know, this is end up getting more favorable. Maybe by like the end of season one, I'll look back on and be like, you know, that wasn't even one of the better ones. But, um, um, for now I'm going to say, fuck the primetime bitch.
0: Cool. Yeah. This gave you, like everybody said, the origin story that you never saw in kind of a mediocre way, but it's there. You You never had it before you know you just had like 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 Suzanne said or i think i think Suzanne said it 20 seconds of uh, expository dialogue from a drunken uh, Nancy's mother in that first movie and, you know and of course John, John Saxon we got him baby we burned him up you know you get in <laughs> the third movie you know he's he's drunken John Saxon in that third movie but um, <laughs> it's it's good enough for what it is and and i can see why i think why people give it a lot of love because this is the only one that they have ever seen and they have not seen the others. Yeah, in, in the echelon of Freddy's nightmares episodes, it is getting, an indeed, a fuck the primetime bitch for me as well. Nice, but uh, we will be right back uh, to do uh, another episode, episode two, where uh, it, it takes place in a drive-through <laughs> burger burger boy right after this. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Hello, This is the Doom Show. I'm Richard.
4: And I hate the burning. Sheesh, who are you? Speak.
1: <laughs> and I'm Brad.
4: She came in and said, bark, 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 and he said, bark, 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 and she said, bark, 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 and that's what I got. One is the Susperia boner, the other is the Inferno boner. <laughs> which, anyway. which one is crying? <laughs> The boner of tears.
3: Hello, This is the Doomed Show is available on HelloDoomedShow.Podomatic.com and DoomedMovieThon.com Hello, hello, this is the Doomed Show.
0: Episode 2, It's a Miserable Life, directed by Tom McLaughlin, who uh, gave us a movie that Suzanne loves, that apparently nobody else loves, One Dark Night, and of course, Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. Uh, nice. This, Yes, exactly. Uh, this stars, like I mentioned, a couple of up-and-comers, um, John Cameron Mitchell, who people may know from Band of the Hand, but more folks may know from Hedvig and the Angry Inch, and mm. uh that's what I know. What I know him from, for sure. He was he was a young actor in this this that movie and in this this show. But he became a uh, an icon. Well, she became an icon. Hedwig, I love it love it so much. And Laura Park Lincoln, who you'll catch in Friday Thirteenth Part Seven, The New Blood, became a star there. And uh, in a way, she she did stuff after that, I think. But your cheapo uh, cheapo plot synopsis is a fast food employee hates his life. When somebody robs the restaurant, his life gets a little more interesting. Meanwhile, his girlfriend is tormented by hospital staff after she was shot. That's the second part of the episode, the, the real unnecessary part of this episode. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to let Suzanne take the lead on this one. Suzanne, what did you think of It's a Miserable Life?
2: This is definitely one of those episodes that they could have trimmed 20 minutes off of, at least. There is so much unnecessary things going on in this episode. What it, I mean, it's it, it took me three times to actually watch it because it, it just <laughs> doesn't hold my attention. Yeah, there's I, I, I just have such a hard time with it. The only time I started getting interested is when spoiler coming, the dude on the motorcycle rolls up and I'm oh, cool. And yes, he doesn't show up again until the very
0: end. That guy looks like if the guy, the the evil biker from Greece and Greece Two. Fuck Lorenzo Lamas. Okay.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of milling around in this episode because he's just kind of posted at a fast food joint, his job, and we get the idea that he doesn't like his job. But most of the episode is just him at his job. I I did like the part when it starts at the beginning, which I guess is kind of like our fade into like the intro when Freddie comes out of the deep fryer. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's kind of great. That was kinda, yeah, I, think, yeah, I think that was, that
2: was the high point of this episode. I, guess, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really, I, I just cannot get into this episode. There's really, there's not, there's very little about this that I can say that I like. It's boring. I mean, and it's, it, like I said, it, it, as Mike said, it meanders. I don't really know exactly what the episode is supposed to be about yeah. you know it's like you can figure out pretty quickly that he's obviously dead because of all of all of these crazy things going on and you know the gel vision camera so everything is smoky and cloudy and then his girlfriend who we were introduced to for about five and a half seconds and i guess the first act of the show and all of a sudden she's become the more predominant part of the episode who is the episode actually about
1: yeah, that's another problem because I, I figured he di- like the, he must have died in the robbery or something because it almost feels like the fast food restaurant in death is like almost like a purgatory for him. So that's why all these weird things are showing up. But then the episode completely shifts to her in the hospital and I'm like, OK, like I don't understand what the hell is going on and why it just switched up like this.
0: Well, essentially, you know why they call it. It's a miserable life, and this is a real cheap way of doing this. Is saying, what would happen if I if I quit this fast food job that my from that my father owns? You know, father sticks his head in the oven. The mother goes manic being a housekeeper. I don't get that part at all, but. <laughs> the part where she's like, "You want some cookies? Did you mow the lawn? All that fucking bullshit. You just know, walk yeah. the dog. Walk the dog. We don't have a dog. Yeah, it's like a whole so, bunch of dream stuff." And he keeps going. So it's supposed back. to be
1: like a twisted take on "It's a Wonderful Life," basically. Yeah, Click.
0: with the, with that title and what, what's going on. Yes, at yeah. Least, at least in the first part of this episode. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's
2: just, it's... Oh, go ahead. I'm
1: sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, and they kind of foreshadowed it like very close to the beginning when he's like, I- "I'm gonna die here. I'm gonna be here till I'm dead." I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I know what's happening to your character. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I get it. We've we've all had those jobs. I'm I, I have a, that job right now, in which you know, say, you know, I really don't want to be here. Why why the fuck am I still doing this after so many years? In, in this in this case, he's like, he's a bigger whiny bitch than Luke Skywalker. I just want to go to college, Dad. You know, <laughs> I just want to get out of here. Why won't you let me? I just but- want to go to the Tashi station because the power converters. Come on now.
2: Oh, there's the one thing I have to say, and it's going to be glaringly obvious and very superficial. It's like there's no way that dude was dating her. No way.
1: <laughs> exactly, I, I agree there.
0: Well, she—I always thought she was kind of plain myself, you know. But uh, it's Michael. What do you think of the episode, sir? Uh,
1: I mean, it's just this is. I mean, it's unfortunate that we're only to episode two when we've already hit an episode where there's not enough story for an hour. Um, I feel like there's a lot going on. There's some decent ideas, I guess, that they kind of poke and prod at, but it just feels a little convoluted. And I – I respect the mission statement of the episode to kind of be a twisted version of It's a Wonderful Life, but, man, just structure it like that a little bit better, and you could have probably got a better episode out of it.
0: Well, the problem with the whole second act of the episode is it's just – it's like an afterthought. Mm -hmm. Basically, you know, if you you haven't seen this before, he's not tormented at his job. He sees all these people having fun. He sees the bohunk dude driving up. Hey, you want to get in the car with it? Fuck your dad's fucking restaurant. He seems <laughs> kind of like he's his friend, but he's not. Then he sees the hotties and the convertible pop up, and then the stranger shows up. And essentially, you know, give me all your money. You see the shotgun. Or you see the the handgun come out, and you hear the fire. The, the shot fired, and of course, you see the bullet time because you know this is this is. <laughs> This looks really bad here it's that it's, it's not
1: oh it's, god yeah
0: it's, it's not matrix budget people okay it's like
1: a literal yeah. bullet on a string that they're just probably waving through there
0: <laughs> it, it, it looked better in phantasm and they probably had less of a budget okay
1: I, I love how the synopsis calls it a restaurant when it's really just like a fast food joint and it's funny because like so the episode saying if he doesn't stick it out at his dad's fast food joint everything's gonna go all to hell i'm like it's just a fast food job like i don't i don't think everything's gonna go wrong if he quits it
2: yeah well it's the family restaurant come on you know family business (laughs) yeah i so i just i'm
1: sorry
2: uh, i know i I guess it's like it's a 20 minute episode with 23 minutes of filler yeah that's pointless
0: So essentially, you you think that he didn't get shot, that this was all a dream, because when when it happens, he keeps waking up, but he keeps seeing blood dripping down from his head at inopportune times. So you're said to believe that maybe he did get shot until, you know, the midpoint of this episode where he does, you see that he does get shot and killed. Or or you don't even see that. You you see the shotgun, and then the expository unnecessary action happens, which, which the biker comes by, he clips the girlfriend as she's you know, pulling up at the very wrong time, obviously. <laughs> and then you get the whole second part of the episode, which is essentially an episode in which she's over-drugged in a hospital, and they will not answer her directly about her boyfriend, and then there's this whole subplot that doesn't go anywhere about them switching her paperwork, you know? I, I, unless that guy was dead already and he was going to go to the... which you get at the end of this episode, which is essentially... Them harvesting body parts for no reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that's why I was saying. Yeah, they just start throwing shit in. Like
0: <laughs> it, it, it tries to play. It tries to play on that Twilight Zone episode. Have you ever seen it before? It's got Donna Dixon in it, who's Ellie Mae from um, Belly Hillbillies uh, Room Twenty Two, I think it was called. Which you know, essentially. The room twenty two keeps popping up in these dream sequences she's having, but it turns out to be the morgue, and this same woman pops up saying there's room for one more and at the end she she is gonna go on a plane and the stewardess is the same lady, there's room for one more. She doesn't get on the plane, plane explodes. Much better twenty two minutes of television than what we got with her in the hospital.
1: But uh, Yeah, I I already want to watch <laughs> that more than I ever want to rewatch this, so
0: yes. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's, it's just a bunch of crap and it's like she keeps telling that her, her her parents are coming, and she's like, how would they be coming? You don't find to the end of the episode that they died in this hospital, which has nothing to do with what happened in the first 20 minutes of this episode. Nothing to do with it. You find out that her boyfriend's dead, because they keep beating around that bush, too, because apparently like this is one long dream sequence in which she's dead anyway, so it doesn't matter at the end of this episode.
1: You know? Well, yeah, the first half of the episode really sets it up that it's going to be his story... Because the girlfriend, yeah, she kind of shows up after they talk on the phone, I think. But you didn't, I didn't expect the episode to completely shift. But then it pretty much, yeah, it does when she gets to the hospital and gets worked on, and uh, it's a mess of an her, episode. Her
0: her acting is fine, and and his acting is is fine. It's just the material they were given, you know, is just is just trash, and you know, it, it's unnecessary. To where this should have been, the end of the episode should have been the boyfriend getting shot, maybe she bursts in to see the dead body on the floor, and he's been dead the whole time. That should have been the end. And they could do what they did with like the new Twilight Zone, the 85 Twilight Zone, in which they had multiple segments in an episode. Uh-huh. You know, they could have did that, but um, they they chose to go a different way, and it really hurts the narrative. And that's 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 a, that's a shame because I enjoyed spending time with these characters in a, in a way.
1: Yeah, I mean, they could. I think they could have even written the girlfriend character out, or maybe she she just shows up at the end, like because they could have set up where he's complaining about the job, and then they do the whole miserable or wonderful life twist on it, and then it turns out like maybe he reconsiders his complaining, and then gets shot anyway by like the the robber and then she shows up at the end to see him dead and it's like oh like ending on a downer would be perfectly fine but like they she, just hit, she, she yeah. should have
0: been in the episode for when she was you know in the first part of it yeah but they should have ended it there with him getting shot to yeah say, yeah he was dead the whole time and
2: yeah when i was watching it for the third time this morning it's like i literally thought after he got shot that the episode was over
0: because they're going so for like, that whole they're going for the whole i'm in my own personal hell vibe and yes, that's and that's yeah. fine.
2: But they but could have built a much better episode
0: around that. But that's that's your story and that should have been it. That should have been it. it yeah, they should
1: just kept, they should have just kept at that at that aspect of it. And I would have been
0: totally fine with that and been But
2: they yeah, they've just felt the need to throw way too many things into the horror blender. It reminded me of, you know, American Horror Story Asylum. Okay, well, this part of the story's over. Hey, I got an idea. Let's do this.
0: Filler. <laughs> oh boy so now i think we're done talking about this episode i think that we spoiled enough for you to make you not want to watch it but you guys <laughs> should watch it anyway i i think you guys should watch it i i, I like the first part of this episode but i'm gonna ask my, my co-host michael first uh what do you give it do you fuck the prime time bitch do you keep it in the boiler or you do flaming piss resurrection Well,
1: I went the highest possible rate on the first one, and uh, I think it'll be better for the future if I go the lowest on this one because I feel that a lot of the episodes are going to be somewhere in between. So I'm giving this a flaming piss resurrection. I I know it's early in the series to say this, but this will probably be on the list of ones you can skip. Like if – I a lot of times when I've been on – you know, I used to do evil episodes where we went through a lot of anthologies and so and sometimes you would compile a list of episodes of anthologies that people can skip um if they're not interested in watching the entire series. I have a feeling this might be one of those ones, but who knows we're only on episode two so but this is definitely in a flame and piss resurrection, okay, Suzanne. She's like, this is just getting oh, flaming okay. piss without the resurrection.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh, no, this is this is a hot flaming garbage piss resurrection. This, she, had a little,
0: she had a little stink on that. See, Mike, see she did there. You know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. This is truly a bad episode. This it's my problem. If if they had just stuck with the original storyline, they really could have made a Really good episode, but as I said before, they just threw a bunch of tropes in a blender and completely fucked the episode. It's just yeah. it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, I, I yeah, this is just this is definitely on the skip list.
0: Yeah, it's, I, I I'm I'm in the middle between the the, the boiler and 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 the flame piss resurrection, but. There's too many parts to take you out of it, and that's that makes me sad. So I have to uh, concur with my co-host and give it a flaming piss resurrection. Uh, we are unanimous so far through two I mean, episodes. We, yes. Well, you know, I think it's going to be a lot like that. You know? Oh my gosh! But um, yeah. Right, right after this, we'll come back and we'll close out the show.
4: Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds?
0: Oh, no.
4: This film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that it's because your brains warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was how be did be a rough you one. watch this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops.
0: Ah, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the very first episode of Burning for Springwood, and uh, I, I think that we we all had a great time doing it, even though the second, epi- second episode was kind of trash, but it was fun talking about it and, and, it, and all of its false uh, false uh, plot holes and garbage, but whatever. Sure. But on the very next episode of the show you will hear in, in two weeks' time, you will get an episode called Killer Instinct, which is directed by Mick Garris, uh, and starring Lori Petty, which is essentially, if I remember correctly... It's showgirls it, on a track field with, like, some kind of supernatural amulet that Laurie Petty has or something. I forget. It's uh, It's really wacky. And a Freddy's Tricks or Treats, which would have been the Halloween episode of 1988, uh, starring Olivia Benson herself from Law & Order SVU, uh, Mariska Har- Hargitay. I always have a hard time saying that fucking name. <laughs> In which she's like a a Freddy denier in a way and Freddy's gonna show her that he's as real as fucking Santa Claus in this episode so <laughs> Freddy does come back right away in episode 4 is one, one of the plot points of the episode nice so we'll, we'll see where those go on the very next episode of Burning for Springwood we're damn sure glad you came if you're listening you will always find us on the Beef feed and uh along with all the other and Beef stuff but uh for now Michael uh tell the folks where they can find all your wonderful stuff <sighs>
1: All right. The main show I do is called No More Room in Hell. Our latest episode, we did a double feature of Trilogy of Terror and uh, Magic, the Anthony Hopkins and Burgess Meredith movie. Um, the sister show to that is called Fresh Cuts where we cover new stuff that either came out in the theaters, hit Netflix, Shutter, VOD, all that kind of stuff. Um you can find that on the No More Room and Health group page on Facebook. Uh, also, Theme Warriors is a monthly show where the four of us pick a theme and then we all choose a movie that goes along with that theme. And uh, what else? I think that pretty much covers it. Like, I, I show up on other things. I. I just recorded an episode of Cut to the Chase with Dan Chase and Lacey Lou, so you can look on, look for me on that, but uh, that pretty much covers it.
0: I'm still with my invite for that show. I've been waiting since uh, last Christmas. <laughs> last <laughs> Christmas, I gave Dan Chase my heart, and the very next day, he gave it away. You know?
1: And <laughs> he uh, trusts me, half the time, he'll hit me up like a day before and just be like, uh, do you want to do this tomorrow, Mike? I. I- I think I can do it? So, <laughs> yo, yo, Mike, 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 want to
0: do this? Come on, come on, come on, bro.
1: <laughs> yo, Mike, what's up? <laughs> exactly.
0: Depending on how many animals he had that day, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, people. But, uh, Suzanne, tell us all about it, girl.
2: Oh, you can find me on the NFW podcast, and we are midway, or actually, most of the way through Vampire Month, and we will be recording. 30 Days of Night, this upcoming Tuesday, also with Dan Chase and Lacey Lou. Nice. They, Man, they,
1: got, they got a lot of mentions on the t- the ending of the show.
0: <laughs> a lot, lot of mentions. Yes, indeed. Uh, you can find me, of course, on the Sinvief Podcast with Suzanne and sometimes others. I've been, been mixing it up and I'm not unhappy with it. You know, nothing against them or anything. Um, <clears throat> what else? Two Jig Minim commentaries. It uh, had been a while since I released one of those. I'm trying to make Alternate plans to make something happen with that. And uh, get the ones that I've backlogged, which is like, like two or three. There's a mausoleum episode there, which was pretty epic. And uh, for sure, that's one of them. I think I'm missing one more to, to put out. Stripes? Stri- the Stripes stripes is out, Susan. Oh, is it? Okay.
2: Said, okay.
0: New- <laughs> Nudie's birthday show, which <laughs> happened in November, is out, okay? It's, it's out. <laughs> you can stop busting my balls about it. It's fine, you know.
2: Would uh, <laughs> I ever do that to you? Ever? No. Said
0: every woman just that way, you know, at some point in time, you know. But um, we hope you enjoy this little experiment. Uh, the the Wonder Years one is coming. I'm not sure if it's gonna be the same cast, but Micah, would you be down for a Wonder Years retrospective as well? Do you enjoy the uh the hatred that I had for Kevin Arnold? The no?
1: Arnolds. Uh, yeah, it kind of sounds fun. That's another show that I watched growing up and i actually i i've I probably seen that more recently than i have freddy's nightmares just because wonder years played in syndication forever it seemed like so yeah So yeah. sounds well, if fun you,
0: if you enjoy that we'll do that and that that series is called kevin arnold underdog or asshole in which we'll <laughs> analyze each episode the best way we can and then into the psyche of one kevin arnold and, and find out in that episode if he's an asshole or the underdog that you guys all think he is. I'm, I'm thinking asshole oh from, from, the, from the episodes that I've seen so far, which is the first four, just to really dig into him. Assholes going to win a lot in this series, I got a feeling. it. Uh, he, he is a little fucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have a, a call sign for this series yet, so um, I'll give you a real cheap one and say thanks for listening, and we'll see you all again in the boiler room. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.
1: See ya.